Hey, how's everyone doing? Today's podcast brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial, audibletrial.com forward slash IMLH life. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The IMLH show from Indie Music lives here on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you have a dream, if you have something that you're compelled to do and you know that it's your destiny, then you can't let that drove shit drive It is another episode of the IMLH Show. Thanks for hanging out with us at IMLHLife.com and the streaming services. Appreciate everyone coming along with us. Without you, without the artists, a show like ours wouldn't be possible. Joining us via Skype, we've got Braden Much hanging out with us from Australia. Thank you so much, man, for uh, being with us and uh, making it work, man. As much as I seem to be confused by time zones and the differences between where you're at and where I'm at here in the States, we finally got a chance to make this work, so uh, thank you for that. Thank you. No, it's it's just a challenge for me as well. New uh, experience, for sure. Prior to moving to Australia, you uh, were in Toronto, correct? That's correct. So a native Canadian? I am. I was born on the east coast of Canada, closer to Halifax. It's like for American viewers, it would be north of Maine, basically. It's on the border with Maine. So then, yeah, I moved there's not a lot of uh, sort of economic opportunities there. So I was in Vancouver for a few years and had a band there. And then in Toronto for the last five years, I guess, basically 2013. And I got to ask you, man, um, Canada to Australia, man, quite the culture shock. How did that come about? Always a woman involved, you know, <laughs> in every story. <laughs> every great, great story that makes a man do things is even music in general is kind of motivated by women if you think about it or the opposite sex try to uh, create some interests i guess when you're young you know and thinking about romance i met my current girlfriend in vancouver in 2013 so then we decided to move from vancouver to toronto so vancouver is a lot milder Weather-wise, it's kind of like the California of Canada, I guess. Very similar to Seattle, I'm sure. Rainy, kind of Pacific Northwest type vibe. So we just decided to move. There's the Toronto's quite expensive. It's the fourth largest city in North America, I believe. It just seemed like it was a big challenge. And, and cost of living's going up, and you're trying to put more time into music than you are into working all the time. So, yeah, Australia does seem like a big leap. But when you get here, it's really not so different. There's tiny little differences. It kind of has more similarities to the UK or British culture with tea and the ability, like the love of beers and drinking. So the, the bar scene is also really good here for music. So that's another incentive. Just everywhere seems to have live music, even just a guy in an acoustic guitar. It's very much a supportive sort of climate for music, I would say. We are going to be playing your single Speak at the end of the episode. Give us a synopsis of who you are musically and explain your sound uh, to our listenership. I'm a big fan of the blues and so i used to play when i was younger and more angry i guess i used to play in more rock bands and more of a louder aggressive sound that was based on the blues anyway so more of a classic rock thing and then gradually i've been doing my own stuff so i've always played acoustic the area where i grew up is very much into the sort of folk singing and irish type music which obviously came over when everybody came over years ago 
And so I've always played acoustic, but I didn't really want to be just another, you know, finger picker, kind of sad singer. So I've also gone into R&B and always been a fan of that type of music. And a lot of blues artists like Ben Harper or even old school sort of Motown stuff. So that's kind of where I'm going with Speak is more into an R&B type thing. Speak is a little more classic rock. I'd say there's a little more Rolling Stones influence. So those kind of bluesy licks at the beginning and that type of transition through the song. It was a co-write actually with another singer who's featured on the title, Jessica Escobar. She wrote more of the hook, came out of a previous band and then I felt like it was a really good song. And I said, sometimes bands tend to bury things of course, after a while and the band broke up, I said, it's not worth letting go. You know, I'm very much obsessive, I guess, when I write something, I want to stick with it. So let's speak about your musical journey, Brayden. How long have you been doing it, man? Whether you find yourself in a band or performing as a solo artist, speak to us about just what keeps you doing it, man. Whether it be performing with a group of people or by yourself or just creating art in general, man, what kind of motivates you to keep it going despite the economic climate changing for for independent musicians? I don't really know, to be honest. There's not a lot of, it's just something I always want to do, you know? And when I had jobs and then I'm unhappy with this job, then music always seems to be part of the equation. When my father played when I was younger, and there's a quite a strong musical culture in the area where I grew up, which is more of, not so much about gigs, but just playing, you know, on weekends and house parties, kitchen parties, similar to the East Coast of um, the U.S., with the fiddle and the guitars. I just always felt like it. And lately I've been more caught up in work and I have a son now as well, but he's also super into guitar. So it's kind of re-motivated me, even though I have all these real life things, he's always happy to see me play guitar. So it's really just become this continuous thing that every phase of my life, I can't imagine it without music or guitar. It's just a constant desire to do it, I guess. Join the show, MP3 or a link with a press kit to IMLH Life at IMLHLife.com. We've got Braden Much hanging out with us. Uh, you can find him online outside of the single that we're going to play at the back end of this episode. His website, BradenMuchMusic.com, B-R-A-D-E-N-M-U-T-C-H Music.com. You mentioned when you're in a group, groups kind of bearing music when it doesn't necessarily fit a theme of a project. Kind of speak to us about that man because that's one thing that i have noticed where you have major label artists even that put out songs as like b-sides or let's just say they have a hit album and they decide to release a deluxe edition with songs that didn't make the original cut and you've got songs that from a sonic standpoint stand out from the songs that actually made the cut of the album so when it comes time to actually kind of pick and choose what's going to make a body of work, give us a little more detail on what you said earlier about bearing music and just artists and groups um, walking away from songs that sound a lot better than ultimately what <laughs> made the cut. That's very, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, I think this one would have been a good single So at the time, but a lot of it, I think, with depends on the band. If you're in a bigger band with a budget, there's other people telling you this is good, this is not good, you know. But if you're not in a situation where you have a lot of money, then eventually you just, we only had a certain budget for an album. We had rehearsed four songs, and with this Speak song, it just came down to that we didn't have any more money. We are only putting out four songs, and we had to rehearse them as well, and we all had jobs. I think there's an, a certain skill as well that you need, as an in, since this is an independent musician 
podcast is you need to be able to brand yourself. You need to be saying like when someone asks you what type of sound you have, you need to be able to articulate that quite quickly and clearly because people don't know anything about you. And if you're constantly sort of lost for words and if your album sounds like four different styles and you're trying to convince a bar to let you play there and to put you on a bill with other bands that sound like you you're just shooting yourself on the foot and it helps your producer as well when you're mixing if you know a little more going in and in your point of view brayden in this day and age in this worldwide gigging economy where you have a lot of people doing the same thing what can be done as a musician who's performing at bars, venues, parties, whatever the case may be, how do you separate yourself from others that are ultimately trying to get a, a piece of that action? What do you do to basically separate yourself and make sure your product stands out, your work stands out from uh, other people doing the same thing? I did hear some good advice one time on a podcast that said, if, if you want to do covers, don't send them your originals, basically. So if you're trying to book indie gigs with other indie bands, only send them the indie songs. But I think video is the, the number one thing now. You just have to give them a good video with good sound, and you have to invest that up front. Most of the best gigs I've gotten, which and some of the ones that actually paid, were were that I gave them my video. And the songs were actually only maybe three centimeters above the video and a web page and the guy didn't listen to the songs he just watched the video it was a street festival actually and we, it was quite a good edited video and he just it was exciting you know it you have to give them something that gives them that excitement in three or five seconds or they're just going to pass over because there's a billion bands now with a billion albums and promo so you i think the biggest thing is you have to put the time in up front and have the pictures and have the website and have it you know, almost like a resume, you know, just as quick as possible because people are busy. People have, they can always click somewhere else. So that's, that would be my best advice is just, and, you know, have an idea of what you want and the style you want it, what you need to know what you want to look like, what you want to sound like. They need to give them something to sink their teeth into basically. When it comes time for uh, the project that you're working on to come out. What are your thoughts as far as distribution? Which ways are you going to take the project in terms of like streaming services? Are you going to do hard copies because you did change from your previous environment to a completely new place, man? So what is going to be the avenue that you choose for this project that Speak falls on when it's ready to come out? That's a good question. The biggest thing I'm going to do is kind of sit back and try to get involved with people like yourself you can put it out on twitter all day but people are bored of of me putting music up they know i'm a musician you know so the idea is more build a plan make a plan so i would say a website called submit music hub that certain gives you access to certain blogs i think local radio is quite good in australia as well so i'll definitely be just calling people up and saying look i'm in your neighborhood i live you know 10 kilometers from your radio station and as far as online stuff definitely spotify despite people being upset about royalties and spotify i think when you're a new artist you kind of need to do a blanket you need to do as many as you can you need to do spotify i don't know so much about reverb nation but definitely soundcloud will be accessible youtube i've done a video my first music video is on youtube for speak actually and it's the first time i've ever done one that was good and edited and so uh it was like the conventional music video versus just a live performance and so i think that was a huge thing and i don't think you should put any songs out without having a video for them in this sort of YouTube era. 
it's just crucial. So videos for everything and uh, yeah, basically just write everything down, a plan, you know, but generally getting publicity before you release it. Don't just put it out there tomorrow and not tell anybody it's coming out. You know, it's like a, a movie, you know, you need a trailer and the trailer builds that excitement. You know, you know that and it just builds that anticipation and then people are flocking in the movie theaters because they know what time it is. They know when it starts. So that's a huge component of it that I haven't done in the past, maybe with a band that I'm definitely looking to do more of and perhaps even hiring a publicist, but I haven't talked to anybody yet, but it's definitely something I've seen other independent artists in Toronto uh, use a publicist. It's worked quite well for them. The IMLH show from indie music lives here on iTunes and SoundCloud. Differences in the reception to your music uh, from Canada to Australia, if there are any. Explain what you've found in terms of people being open to your music where you are at now because it seems like at least with us in terms of social media there's been a lot of interest from international artists international radio stations just stuff like that we've always seemed to actually get more reception overseas than what we do in the states crazy us being an american podcast but explain maybe some of the things that you've noticed whether they're differences or not just some of the things uh, that you've come across in terms of your music where you're at versus where you were at in toronto still adjusting to australia i've only been there a month or two and i've been mostly looking for work to be honest and living in out of the city but i would say australia overall seems to be canada's quite receptive to new music as a whole but just definitely in Toronto, in a bigger city, it's there's lots of competition. And if you're not really doing anything exciting or you're not playing a large venue, it's, it is a challenge to get people out. And I would say, generally, my view of Canada and the U.S. in terms of songwriting tends to be do something that's very commercial and try to make it a certain length and very clean cut. And there's some artists from Australia that just don't seem... Like, I'll hear things on the radio, I'm like, that has nothing commercial, that it doesn't have the standard song structure. It, it does seem to be more open to just whatever people want to do. Rate and review us on iTunes. Search Indie Music Lives Here. Braden Much hanging out with us. Again, the website, BradenMuchMusic.com. We got the single from him called Speak coming up at the tail end of our conversation this evening, at least here in the States, middle of the afternoon when we're talking to him where he's at in Australia. With your music, man, what is it you look for um, ultimately in a song? What I'm getting at here is... When I first listened to your song, it was very upbeat, but it was very much different than the majority of things that we hear that get submitted to us in the sense that there was a little more funk. There was definitely more of a old soul with the music. So when it's time to put together one of your songs, man, what is your signature? What do you do to kind of separate your art from others or other say artist in your similar genre man because to me there's just a, a a lot more of an old soul in the music that you make and what i've heard from you so far than other things that i hear at an independent level i think i just really like old music i do try to keep that but it also i think when you're doing music long enough things that you really like just come out so i listen to a lot of like recently this i got a john lee hooker cd that's going in the car and it's I just love that sort of weary kind of feeling to 
music. I generally listen to old music, so I think that's part of the thing. I do have a song that I'm doing with sort of a more hip-hop beat. And uh, yeah, and then I kind of realized, yeah, I probably should have just done the old soul thing that I do. I generally am a really big guitar player, and before I sang much, I'm just obsessed with guitar. So I think a lot of it is honestly what sounds cool on a guitar, and then it builds from that. And this, the singer that I sang with was writing a lot of the hook in that song. I played the guitar riff that has that those notes in it, and she kind of came up with that hook as well. So... But it's very much in the vein of music that I write and the vein of music that's coming is I just want something to be catchy as well. I, if it's not catchy and I don't love playing it and it doesn't excite me, then I do tend to write slower tempo music around 80 BPM or 90 BPM, which is kind of like ballad. Music is supposed to be fun. And I think if you overthink it and when you start out writing, a lot of people tend to write very depressing music. And that's just, you're just writing emotionally, and that's that's fine. But I don't think people really want to hear it all the time, you know, like sad. Unless you're a fan of Nine Inch Nails, I guess, which is, all his music is quite tortured. But I do think, you know, you need to have a groove. Uh, you it's, if, it's, if it's fun to play and you're having fun on a live stage, then also people will want to see you play, and they'll have fun, you know? it's I think happiness is preferable to... <laughs> sadness if you can get it or even a sad song at a faster tempo you know to make it make it have some life but yeah mostly the guitar honestly is what it comes back to i just love playing licks and blues and sort of r&b type grooves that just makes me happy the imlh show from indie music lives here on itunes and soundcloud for you the listeners of the imlh show audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service as of late I've been feeling the need to be inspired. Like, now's the time. The IMLH life, finally gonna become something. We're gonna make something of not only the show, but also ourselves. So I've been listening to Crush It. Why, now is the time to cash in on your passion by Gary Vaynerchuk. And that's just one of 180,000 titles you can choose from. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash IMLH life. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash IMLH life for your free audiobook. What's been the biggest culture shock coming from Canada to being in Australia now? Is driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> it's terrifying at times and you get used to it. I'm driving mostly outside the cities. Trying to turn on the right, your steering wheel is on the right side. If you're trying to turn to your right, it's the opposite of what you're used to. So it just terrifies you. I don't know why. Like if I'm going straight and the exit is on the right and I have to stop. And there's a lot of roundabouts as well. Like very few stoplights actually. Oh, wow. I have been to Australia before. I got the roundabout thing a little bit figured out. but And I almost hit a, a kangaroo <laughs> a couple nights ago, <laughs> which is huge, right? Yeah, that's not a sentence that that's, would ever be said here in the, the Western no. part of the world. No, the, the kangaroos are definitely a novelty. And actually, technically, I'm learning now, it's not a kangaroo, it's a wallaby, which is like a smaller kangaroo. But it looked identical to a kangaroo. It just doesn't get, you know, five feet tall or six feet tall. So when you're dealing with an actual kangaroo, that's some serious shit compared to what a wallaby is. Uh, apparently, it's, it's quite aggressive, yeah. And the males are kind of territorial. So I, I don't know. I, I have been to the zoo here. There's an Australia Zoo, which was made famous by Steve Irwin you know, the famous crocodile hunter. Yeah. So it's his kind of signature zoo. And you can feed kangaroos. You walk in around them and they're 
they're not dangerous. You know, I've, you don't feel like you're going to get attacked like a bear or something. But So you've got domesticated kangaroos versus the wild ones? I guess they're tame. Yeah, they're actually quite relaxed. They just seem to be sleeping most of the time in the day. And yeah, it, it's definitely a, a huge experience for North Americans when you, you're in this like pen with these kangaroos and you can feed them and they're pretty much the same height as you. So you do feel quite kind of intimidated, I guess, you know, it's, it's a huge experience. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by the driving thing. You drive on the left side of the road and then the steering wheel is on the right side. Yeah. But the brake and the gas are in the same location. Just wow. So, so they decide to move the steering wheel, but as far as what pedal comes first, the brakes still in the middle and then the gas pedals to the right side of the actual, I'm trying to think. Yes. The floor of the, the driver's side. Yes. I'm, second guessing myself now but yes you but it's obviously still under the steering wheel so you go through that same process also the signaling the wipers and the the signals are switched okay so when you go to signal you hit the wipers so like the signals are on the left side of the column and then the wipers are wipers and possibly your lights or whatever the case may be yeah if you want to exactly. flick on your brights are on the right side that you go through a long process of switching you know going to turn and hearing the wipers drag across the windshield because it's totally dry and there's no rain. (laughs) And I always get in the wrong side of the car when we're going somewhere. You know, if we go to town and I'm driving, I get in the passenger side thinking that I'm getting in the driver's side. (laughs) It's just the things that have been drilled into your mind, right? And I got to ask, man, because every TV show here in the United States or (laughs) in North America as a whole, like every TV show when they do say a trip to australia in terms of the bathroom does the toilet go the opposite direction too i I don't know (laughs) i I think i haven't been able to remember i think the place we're staying has compost toilets which don't really have any water so i've forgotten they're more eco but they do have the two flush system so you can have a small flush for when you pee basically and the larger flush for when you (laughs) do a number two so that's like more water water conscious i guess right because yeah. they're not they don't have quite as much water here generally speaking is it more of a dry climate almost like a desert type climate depending on where you're at i mean you wouldn't notice any difference generally but yeah it's a little more careful with the water where we are is kind of the east coast and it's you know you don't feel like you're canada has an awful lot of water anyway so it's a huge difference from there but yeah they're just a little more careful and they you do get a dry season and a wet season versus like winter and spring and fall but they i'm technically in winter now but it's you know 15 degrees so it's hardly hardly difficult to survive that's got to be totally confusing when you are in may but it's winter yeah it, it is weird it is and christmas is the hottest time of the year basically so i'll be, I'll be sweating in christmas which seems crazy eh? like us at www.facebook.com slash indie music lives here Braden much explaining the differences between where he's at in australia and what people would find here in north america if you were to look on a map of australia Braden, what would be geographically your closest metropolitan area so people can kind of get a visual idea there's a city called brisbane if you go up the east coast and you're about the middle you'll see the city of brisbane that's definitely the closest area to where we are now but then most of the bigger cities that people know are south but all along the east coast generally so sydney and melbourne are all over kind of the southeast corner and i'm further up in the middle not hard to find i don't think what a coincidence man because when we were talking and 
I was having a hard time figuring out that you were 17 hours ahead of me. Um, the first city that popped up was Brisbane when I put it in my iPhone in the world clock to make uh-huh. sure that I had an exact idea when we were going to be able to finally knock this out. So it worked out yeah. beautifully then. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's confusing enough even when you're living here to remember which city is the closest. And we've been traveling a little bit as well to check out different places and visit family. So I'm starting to grasp kind of that's one of the biggest things is trying to grasp your own surroundings, you know, like your geography. And they use the metric system there, right? Yeah, Canada kind of uses the metric system, but because we use American things, we tend to flip-flop, I think, a little bit back and forth. But yeah, definitely all metric system here, no question about that. How are you able to uh, carve out time to continue to practice and hone your art of uh, creating and... Uh, playing music. I think you just need a routine. Definitely having a child makes things different, but I think you have to be faster. You just don't waste time. Don't sit and watch TV while you're doing it. Don't, you know, just once you get a break, you just, what do I need to get done? I need to, and you write stuff down better and you, you also picking a certain time of the day, like Saturday mornings tend to be the best time for me and Wednesday evenings. And so you, your body just falls into that routine. You know, the, there's a good book. I can't remember. There's a book on create creativity as well that's out there. I don't think it's called Creative Courage, but it it's the idea is to get you to write every day. And so you just write. It can be gibberish, but you write a page. or It, it, it says two pages. You, you'll be able to Google this and find the book quite easily. And then it, the idea is to get you constantly doing it and tapping into the creativity. And then basically when you're ready to write, you're already used to sort of using that muscle so to speak. And so that's how I've written a lot of the, the better songs that I have now is because when you're ready to create, you're just, it's more fluid and you're, it's definitely something to look into. If you're looking to write songs or get into creativity, it's just this idea of writing every day and doing something even for 15 minutes or half an hour. It's a good de-stressor as well. So that's been part of it is this sort of practice of trying to write every day. And then generally just you're just used to doing it after a certain point as well. You've done it so long that it's almost like watching TV or something. You're just you can't really handle your day without it. So I think that's been a big part of it. Started from the bottom and they're still there. The IMLH show from Indie Music lives here. Braden Much hanging out with us via Skype outside of Brisbane, Australia. Single speak coming up in just a matter of minutes on this episode of the IMLH show. Appreciate everyone coming along, imlhlife.com, and on the streaming services. The project, man, that uh, Speak um, finds itself on. What do you want people to basically hear from this project when it's ready to go and out in the world? If you were to give cliff notes on the untitled project, man, how would you go about that? It's definitely very much about relationships and this last few years of... I was generally girlfriends here and there but nothing serious and so it's a lot of it is about change in life and accepting things whereas i've moved from one country to another but it's it's also about sort of changing your view which changes from yourself to how you work in a relationship and what works for somebody else and giving up a certain amount of your you know self-absorption to kind of a lot of these songs are very based on classic themes of love and kind of the day-to-day struggles with the relationship versus this kind of very cheesy romantic perfection idea of, of like Cinderella I call it the Disney story you know where the someone becomes a prince from a, a pauper basically or the Aladdin story where he goes from having nothing to being 
super rich. I think it's very much a, a love theme and a day-to-day kind of something that everybody would relate to. The website, BradenMuchMusic.com. When that uh, release is ready to go, man, definitely keep us in mind. We'd love to have you back on to promote the project in its entirety. Be sure to uh, check out his website. You will find social media and videos and all sorts of good stuff again on that site, BradenMuchMusic.com. B-R-A-D-E-N-M-U-T-C-H Music.com. I just wanted to mention too, don't put www. For some reason, it's only working off the straight HTTP, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so people just type in the website as a whole or they can just do a Google search on your name. I'm sure that can figure it out. Yeah, I I have recently they changed it on me and I was I thought my website was broken and they had just changed the link anyways. Thank you so much for your time and being on with us and uh, really making time to uh, make this work. We do appreciate you. Oh, it's appreciated as well. Thank you very much. Again, Braden Much, BradenMuchMusic.com. This is the single off his uh, four-song EP to be released soon. This is Speak. It is another episode of the IMLH Show on the streaming services and IMLHLife.com. Just speak to me, to me. me.
Follow us on the gram at Indie Music Lives Here.